And welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today, I will be your host. Today, we are actually talking about the NFL Week 18 action here as we will be talking about the last week of the season here and how it has affected the playoff picture here as we get ready to move into the Super Wildcard Weekend here next week. We also have the National Championship game coming up here on Monday, so we might be talking a little bit about that. Before we actually jump into the content, let me first and foremost thank Anchor for being our platform and let me thank the fans out there who have actually listened to the show and chimed in on a week-to-week basis here to help drive content to the show and lastly let me go ahead and thank our sponsors here who have put sponsorship on the show um, and actually helped us make this happen here on a week-to-week basis so let me go ahead and jump into the content here starting with the most exciting game of the evening here that just concluded that is the Detroit Lions here versus the Green Bay Packers here in this situation here it was a win and an end situation here for the Green Bay Packers here the Detroit Lions were already eliminated earlier here and essentially they would play spoilers here and they would help Seattle get to the playoffs here and they pretty much went ahead and accepted that challenge came into Lambeau Field here pulling off a huge upset winning 20 to 16 here this came down to a crucial uh third down conversion here actually fourth down conversion here where the Detroit Lions went forward got the first down Green Bay had no more timeouts here and it's a bit emotional here as it looks like Aaron Rodgers has just walked off the field here and many people wondering if it'll be his last season there uh, as it is year to year here but let's talk about the Detroit Lions here I mean they finish at nine and eight I think this is the first time that I've seen them over 500 in quite some time here I want to say back to like the Bobby Ross days uh, back when Barry Sanders actually played here so um, man for Detroit to to end the season this way you could definitely tell, you know, the defense is definitely trending in the right direction. Um, I think a lot of people were wondering what they were going to get with Jared Goff. I think that uh, now that they see what they have with Jared Goff, I think that a lot of people should now start to put a little bit more respect on his name because, you know, th- the thing with Jared Goff is you knew that he could play quarterback. Uh, he's not necessarily a quarterback that, uh, you know, is a dual threat. And, you know, he's more of a quarterback that, uh, you know, you have to kind of scheme the game open for him, you know, which is when you look at his time in Los Angeles, what Sean McVay was able to do there, his play calls and things like that put Jared Goff in a lot of good situations here. Um, You know, in this situation here, you know, with Coach Dan Campbell here, you know, this offense is not necessarily as explosive as the offense was where Jared Goff was coming from with the Rams here. But I think Jared Goff showed to me how much command that he has at the quarterback play. Uh, He definitely showed a lot of skills as far as putting the Detroit Lions in the correct, uh, you know, play calls and things like that. I thought he did an excellent job as far as checking down and not just for this game, but, you know, I think for uh the really the year and i think that that veteran leadership the fact that this guy has been in the super bowl he's a high draft pick in the nfl here and i think he certainly proves that he can play and especially when you start to put uh things around him here um you look at what he has at the wide receiver core with st browns they brought uh, reynolds back over from los angeles two great running backs with swift and williams here suddenly detroit is looking pretty scary uh moving into next season here but 
I have got to take my hats off to Dan Campbell of really sticking through with this project here and really seeing this thing through. I know that they didn't get to the uh, to the to the playoffs this year, but uh, the the thing that they did here, I love the flea flicker, which actually put them in the position to get the the first down on fourth down here. You'd have to go back and take a look at the highlights here. I mean, all that right there just shows just the culture shift that the Detroit Lions have definitely taken here. And I think that Detroit has definitely put the NFC North on uh, standby here, you know, for sure. Because I mean, it was nine and eight and yes, they don't get into the playoffs, but I definitely think that next season, it, it might be the year that they actually get over the hump here. Uh, as far as Green Bay, they finish at 8-9, third in the NFC North here. And I think the one thing that I look at with this football game is that um, they were very young. Um, you know, I think it took them time to get Christian Watson, the young wide receiver, up to speed here. Uh, he was on a tear again. Five receptions, 104 yards, and ultimately I think Aaron Rodgers was going for him as Detroit uh, had blitz there and he threw that final interception, which pretty much lost the football game there um, or ended their hopes, you know, to get the football back. And so, you know, I think that what they have with Christian Watson moving forward is, is definitely going to be special, especially if Aaron Rodgers is still there. Um, felt like they got a lot from A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones this year as well. And certainly, I think that, you know, another year here under the system, I think, bodes well for Green Bay. But I'm not sure how many more opportunities that they have here, especially with Minnesota really at its prime and Detroit kind of coming up the ladder here. Maybe tough sledding for Green Bay here in the NFC North moving forward here. So uh, kudos to the Detroit Lions here as they pull off the upset in Lambeau Field. Next up here, let's take a look at uh, some more games here for the uh, for the the week 18 here is again, you know, a lot of these games here, guys, uh, definitely, you know, are counting towards the the final seedings here for um, essentially, uh, you know, playoff seedings and things like that here. So this is why this week is, is such a big week here. So next up we have the kansas city chiefs versus the las vegas raiders here and so in this one kansas city wins 31 to 13 here um, essentially kansas city wraps up the number one seed here in the afc here and i know coming into this i was kind of wondering you know would they really take a hit without uh tariq hill and i think that you know the answer is clearly not um, I think that, you know, when you look at Andy Reid, you see just how brilliant he is as a head coach, how great Eric Bieniemy is as an offensive coordinator here and how terrific that, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is here. And so the one thing that I will circle here in this performance is that Isaiah Pacheco, you know, I talked about him here from a fantasy football uh, standpoint here, a guy that I definitely took a chance on in fantasy football, and he definitely paid dividends down the stretch here based off what he did in the preseason. And he had eight rushes for 64 yards and a touchdown there. Um, and I've said this, that if Kansas City can get a running game to go along with Patrick Mahomes, I think that it's game's over here because we know that the Kansas City offense can score at will. But if they also add the ball control element here to their uh, potent offense here, I think that certainly they're unstoppable. I think that they're a Super Bowl team, and I, I, I wouldn't see anybody that could necessarily beat them in the Super Bowl if they have a balanced attack like that. So, you know, Isaiah Pacheco had a good one. Ronald Jones, the former Buccaneer, 10 rushes, 45 yards, and a touchdown for him. Um, I believe also two... 
You had Jarek McKinnon. He had a touchdown reception. I believe he's the first back in so many games to have six straight receiving touchdowns or something like that. I'd have to go back and look at the exact stat here. But uh, he's been on fire, you know, as far as a receiving running back here as well. Um, you know, and this kind of goes back to what they had with Damian Williams, I believe, when they did win the Super Bowl there. So I like what they have here. You know, I think Isaiah Pacheco is definitely an upgrade here, along with Jarek McKinnon over Clyde's Edwards O'Leary here. And I like what the Kansas City Chiefs have moving forward here. On the other side of the ball here, Las Vegas, uh, definitely disappointing season here. They had Devontae Adams over there, five receptions, 73 yards, no touchdowns. Hunter Renshaw had a down year. So did Darren Waller as well. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do from a um, from a quarterback standpoint here. You know, Derek Carr has not been there the last couple games here, um, apparently benched here. And, you know, that's a little bit of a shocker here. And they're six and 11. They finished third in the AFC West here. So definitely a, a disappointing season here for Las Vegas here. I, I thought that, uh, you know, certainly they were going to have a better season that they had here. Another uh, win in your end situation here, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans here. And yet again, I mean, this is the same story that we just started the show off with, with the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers here, except for this movie uh, ends with an, a playoff ending for the Jacksonville Jaguars here as they actually uh, take down the Tennessee Titans here and uh, knock Tennessee out of the playoffs for the first time, I think in four or five seasons here. And how about Doug Peterson coming over here and he's giving tutelage here to a young Trevor Lawrence here and getting Jacksonville over the hump here. They are nine and eight, finished first in the AFC South here and uh, win 20 to 16 here. Um, you know, one of the biggest things here that I could say is that, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, I thought that, you know, the pairing with Doug Peterson would be good for him. You know, when you look at Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson did uh, wonders for Carson Wentz as a rookie. Here's Trevor Lawrence coming into his, what, second year here. Um, I think that Doug Peterson was a terrific hire here. I think that, you know, he's going to take Jacksonville to the new levels uh, offensively here. They still have to figure out some things defensively here, but I definitely like what they were able to do here. It looked like they were going to give the football away here. Ironically, uh, you know, defense actually won this thing here. Uh, the football game it looks like they were going to give the football game away here. But, you know, defensively, they actually won it there with a strip sack against Joshua Dobbs here, which ended in a touchdown here defensively for Jacksonville, which actually was the game winning score here. But, you know, no turnovers for Trevor Lawrence here. Uh, they did a good job here in taking away um travis eaton jr here who's been on a tear as well you know christian kirk six receptions 99 yards and a touchdown you had marvin jones jr had uh, two receptions here evan ingram uh four receptions here zay jones had four as well and that's the one thing that i can say about jacksonville is that they spent a lot of money in the offseason here to get some elite wide receiver play to go along with trevor lawrence here and i think you are starting to see that from the tight ends to the wide receivers here that this offense is certainly going to be one to be reckoned with especially once they start to get on the same page here 
and it was humming there for the last four or five weeks of the season here. So, you know, congrats here to the Jacksonville Jaguars. On the other side of the ball here, looking at the Tennessee Titans here, you know, I think the one thing that I think the Titans will have to look at moving into the offseason here is that, you know, they elected to trade away A.J. Brown and not pay him the money. Um, now, you know, did that cost him there? I, I certainly think A.J. Brown would have certainly helped here. You know, as a playmaker, A.J. Brown made a lot of elite plays um, from that wide receiver standpoint and really flourished off the play action fake, uh, made it tough really for teams to kind of load up with eight in the box on Derrick Henry. Uh, even though Derrick Henry did have 109 yards here, I think Jacksonville did a terrific job in really tackling him as much as they needed to, uh, you know, to really, uh, you know, they, they gain tackled. They gain tackled well, um, you know, they kept Derrick Henry uh, in a lot of plays where essentially, yes, he did end up getting 109 yards, but uh, they kept him out of the end zone. And so I think that that was terrific there. And then you look at the fact that the Titans didn't really have, you know, the, the backup running back standpoint here. You know, there was a lot to be said about Haskins here and his role. He didn't really play a, a, so much of a prominent role here for the Titans here as I thought he would to be kind of a little bit of a change in pace back here for them. Um, and then just receiving wise, I mean, they struggled. Yeah, they brought Robert Woods over here from the Rams here. He had four receptions, 40 yards here. Hooper had a pretty good day. Um, but, you know, Traylon Burks kind of struggled here in the season finale here. And their tight end, the rookie tight end here, actually had one of his better days with the, the touchdown here for the Titans. So, you know, I think that the Titans have got to figure out what they want to do um, you know, from a wide receiver standpoint, they've still got to figure out, you know, if uh, Malik Willis is their guy here moving forward here. Uh, remember, they didn't have Tannehill here, but certainly just, I think, inexcusable when you look at the Titans here, um, just really didn't finish games the way that they had the last couple seasons here. And they had a chance to win this game and just really squandered it away here. Uh, next up here, the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Atlanta knocking Tampa Bay out of the 500 uh, win club here as they finish at eight and nine here. Atlanta surprisingly getting the win here at the end of the year here. I believe that is two wins on the year here for a young Desmond Ritter here getting the start. He had two touchdowns here, uh, 224 yards here. One of his better days as a quarterback, but um, you know, the bottom line here is that, uh, you know, Atlanta still has a bit of growth to go here. They did get some uh, good uh, production here from Drake London, uh, you know, one of the top wide receivers in last season's draft here. Six receptions, 120 yards here. I think he finished with probably one of his best games of the year here. Um, so Atlanta's still in rebuild mode. Uh, Tampa Bay here uh, getting into the playoffs here. We'll talk about the seeding here in a bit here. Um, but you know, they were a little anemic offensively here, which is one of the things that's kind of going to worry me here moving forward. But you do have Tom Brady here, which is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game here, which can kind of cover up some of those mistakes here. But ultimately speaking, they are in the playoffs. They finished first in the NFC South here. We'll talk about who they play here in a moment here. Next up, you have the Buffalo Bills here against the New England Patriots here. Obviously, a very emotional game here, considering uh, what happened to the young man Hamlin out there in the last game here against Cincinnati here, being carted off and everything like that. Um, you know, Buffalo came out with a lot of emotion here. You had two 
kick returns here from Naheem Hines here, uh, which essentially I think was just the backbreaker here to New England. And New England needed to win this game to get in here. Um, Josh Allen, 19 of 31, 254 and three touchdowns here. Uh, Stephon Diggs, seven receptions, 104 yards and a touchdown here. Uh, Dawson Knox got a touchdown as well. On the other side of the ball, Mac Jones, three picks, three touchdowns here. Uh, kind of struggled there. And then you had Romarty Stevenson, 54 yards on the ground. He also had 36 or 28, excuse me, receiving as well. And so, you know, with um, with New England, I think the one thing with them, New England has has got to figure out a way to get more playmakers, I think, from the wide receiver standpoint and the tight end position here to help Mac Jones as far as pushing the ball down the field here. They certainly have elite running backs and they have a solid defense here. And I think for the second year in a row, they've given themselves a chance, if not push themselves into the playoffs, uh, just coming up just short this year. But I think that that's what New England's going to have to do moving forward. Buffalo looking good here. They're 13 and three, first in the AFC East. I believe they have secured the second seed. We'll talk about that in moments here. But getting the win here and securing a first um, first game Play our first playoff game will be at home. Um, we'll talk about that in here in a moment. Next up here, you have the Minnesota Vikings here against the Chicago Bears. Essentially, Minnesota wraps up the NFC North here, 29 to 13 here. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 17 of 20, 225, and a touchdown here. Um, you know, five for 117 for KJ Osborne here. And uh, yeah, Minnesota essentially takes care of business here. No Justin Fields in this one here. Um, and I believe Chicago actually with that loss has actually secured the um, the first pick in next year's draft here. What exactly they do with that? I'm not sure here. Um, you know, I know it's going to be a quarterback friendly draft here. So I'm curious to see what Chicago will do here. Next up, you have the Cincinnati Bengals here versus the Baltimore Ravens here. Cincinnati has been surging as of late, winning this one 27 to 16, uh, finishing at first in the AFC North here, 12 and four. Baltimore 10 and seven, second in the AFC North. They are in the playoffs here as a wild card here. And so Joe Burrow, 25 of 42, a touchdown for him. You had Jamar Chase, eight receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown for him. Um, there was no Lamar Jackson here. Speculation is that he would be back here, hopefully, for um, for the playoff game here coming up here next week. I think Baltimore did rest a lot of uh, players as well, but Cincinnati surging here and getting the win um, to go ahead and wrap up the AFC North. Next up here, you had the Houston Texans here beating the Indianapolis Colts 32 to 31 here. I believe they might be in the either the second or third pick in the NFC or in the NFL draft coming up here next season here. Um, and essentially, you know, news has come out here that they have fired coach Lovey Smith here. Uh, he will not be returning here as a tough loss here for um, for, you know, the Texans here. Essentially, I, I think he was definitely the right coach for the job here. I'm not sure if he really got a fair shake here. I think that there's a lot of talent that uh, Houston still has to add to this roster here. I think that uh, now that they have to go out and find a coach, I'm curious to see which direction they go here. On the other side of the ball, the Indianapolis Colts here. Um, 
man, talk about a tough, tough year for them. I think really what's going to have to happen for them is they've got to figure out what they want to do from a quarterback standpoint here. Um, you know, I definitely think Jeff Saturday certainly uh, has earned his his role as the coach here. I think that, you know, he definitely inspired the Colts uh, somewhat here down the stretch here, but a tough, tough season as they finish 4-12-1. Uh, Houston, 3-13-1 and uh, one here. Next up here, you have the... Uh, New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins here. Miami needing to get a win to actually get into the playoffs here down to their third string quarterback. Gutted out versus the Jets, winning 11-6. A late field goal wins this one here. Skylar Thompson started 20 of 31, 152 yards here. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., 16 for 72. Mozart, Raheem Mozart's 11 rushes, 71 yards there. And uh, essentially... You know, Tyreek Hill, he struggled in this one. Uh, Jalen Waddell, only five receptions for 44 yards here. But Miami made just enough plays to kind of get this thing done here. Um, obviously, you know, I think the key for Miami is they've got to get Tua back here. Um, they have an interesting matchup coming up here in the playoffs. We will talk about that very shortly here. Um, and you look at the fact here that, you know, with the Jets, I think the Jets have certainly got to figure out what they want to do from a quarterback standpoint here. Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to stick with Zach Wilson here. I think obviously, you know, they're probably going to be looking to, I would, you know, suspect to shop him, um, you know, in a trade here and probably start over here because they've got to figure out what they want to do from the quarterback standpoint. I think that they showed enough um, from a, a defensive standpoint, I think that they're going to be a lot better once they get Brees Hall back there. Um, and they might have finished a lot better if they would have had Brees Hall, because honestly speaking, he looked like he was going to be the rookie of the year. Uh, certainly could have been the MVP candidate with the way he was running the football here. So a tough end to the season for the Jets here. But definitely, I can see the culture has definitely changed there uh, in New York. Next up here, you had the Carolina Panthers versus the New Orleans Saints here. Carolina winning this one 10 uh, to 7 here. Uh, a good ending here for Carolina and Coach Wilkes here. Um, you know, finishing second in the NFC South. New Orleans uh, third in the NFC South here. Um, and, you know, you look at the fact here that New Orleans did a great job here. Uh, Alvin Kamara here, 23 rushes, 107 yards here. I know he has some legal stuff that uh, possibly could fester here moving into next year based off what happened there uh, at the Pro Bowl. Um, so that's going to be tough, I think, for the Saints here moving forward. But, you know, they've got to figure out, you know, what they're going to do from a quarterback standpoint. Obviously, they need Michael Thompson back in the fold. He went down. What are they going to do with Jarvis Landry? Uh, that's another thing, too, as well. On the other side of the ball here, I think Carolina has got to figure out what they want to do from a quarterback standpoint here. Remember, they let Baker Mayfield go here. Sam Darnold finished the season here. Um, they let Christian McCaffrey go here via trade here. And so it certainly looks like a rebuild here, you know, for Carolina. So I'm curious to see what direction they go. Next up here, you have the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Pittsburgh was eliminated from the uh, playoffs here, but they do finish at uh, over 500 at 9-8. 28-14 is the win here over Cleveland here. The big thing here is that uh, Kenny Pickett looked pretty good, 13-29, of 29, a touchdown here. Got it over to George Pickens, who had three receptions, 72 yards, and a touchdown there. Najee Harris finished well, 23 rushes, 84 yards, and a touchdown here. I think... 
Pittsburgh has got to continue to get the wide receiver core together. Obviously, they've got to rebuild the offensive line, but I think that they did a great job here in picking Kenny Pickett here. I think that he certainly is going to be a franchise quarterback. On the other side of the ball here, Deshaun Watson has got to get comfortable again playing quarterback in the National Football League here. Two interceptions on the day, 230 yards and two touchdowns here. He's got Amari Cooper out there. Nick Chubb, who I think might have won the rookie, or not the rookie, but the rushing title here. Got to double check that here. 17 rushes, 77 yards, or 12 rushes, 77 yards here. Had a very good year here. But, you know, Cleveland certainly has some pieces here. I'm curious to see what happens once Deshaun Watson has a full season here. Next up, you have the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos here. Um, you know, in this one, the one thing here is Denver pulls off the upset, but you know, the Chargers essentially lost Mike Williams here. He's carted off with a back injury here. A tough game for Austin Eckler, only 34 yards rushing here. Keenan Allen had a pretty good win, and Justin uh, Herbert here had uh, two touchdowns here. But you hope that, you know, the injuries don't really cost the Chargers here moving forward here. Uh, really didn't have too much to play for as they were already in the playoffs here at 10 and 7, second in the AFC West here. Um, but Denver, uh, you know, there is talk that uh, Coach Sean Payton that once coached the New Orleans Saints here could possibly come over here would do wonders I think for Russell Wilson here in rebuilding that offense which I think that that's what Denver has to do here they've given up so much draft capital uh, for Russell Wilson to get over here and the fact that Seattle made the playoffs here with that Detroit win uh, that's definitely got a sting okay because you know, a lot of people thought that once Russell Wilson left Seattle, that would be it for Seattle for quite some time here. Geno Smith probably had the comeback uh, player of the year award, which I'm going to say not probably he did. And for them to actually secure a playoff spot here and, and get so much draft capital here, I believe right now Seattle has the third pick in the draft here and this roster defensively. It might have been one of the the best defensive teams in the league here. I think at some point they were first in interceptions and things like that. So, you know, Denver certainly could use the coaching change here, and they've got to do something here to justify all the draft capital that they gave up here for Russell Wilson. Next up here, the Philadelphia Eagles wrap up the number one seed here, winning 22 to 16 here. Jalen Hurts coming back here off the shoulder injury. Uh, 229 he threw through the air 20 of 35 here uh, AJ Brown four receptions 95 yards here Devontae Smith seven receptions 67 yards here uh, Mal Sanders uh, 11 for 33 Boston Scott nine for 54 here so um, essentially both teams made the playoffs here uh, the New York Giants rested some players here uh, finishing at nine and seven here but uh, Philadelphia would, would get the number one seed here because Dallas actually lost um, 26 to six here to Washington which is the next game I'll talk about here interesting because you know Dak Prescott did play in this game here the interceptions continued for Dak Prescott here they get the second seed in the NFC here or fourth seed I believe and they actually have to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here we'll talk about that but uh, Washington finishing at eight and eight and one so finishing 
at, at 500 here. Uh, the big news out of this one is that Sam Howell, the rookie quarterback out of UNC, actually started this game here. 11 of 19, 169 and a touchdown here. So finishing on a high note here uh, for Washington and a tough loss here for Dallas here. Uh, you know, many people thought that Dallas would probably come in here uh, knowing that they possibly could get a chance here to get the number one seed and they don't get it done here. Um, San Francisco, they've been the hottest team in the league here. 38 to 13 winning against the Cardinals here. Bunch of players have been out to injury with Arizona or for Arizona here. Uh, the big one in this one is that this was JJ Watt's last game. AJ Green had a quite a day, three receptions, 91 yards and a touchdown for him. Um, you know, you had Brock Purdy here, 15 of 23 touchdowns here. Elijah Mitchell coming off the IR, two touchdowns. He had 55 yards here, uh, actually outrushed uh, Christian McCaffrey here and Brandon Ayuk uh, paced the San Francisco 49ers with receptions here he had 59 yards here but how about George Kittle he has been on the tears of late he had two touchdowns in this one here and I'm telling you what they get Debo Samuels back here um, Elijah Mitchell's a guy that I had in fantasy football he went down two times with the knee injuries here I think honestly, if he would have been healthy, I think he certainly would have helped my fantasy football team and I think a lot of other fantasy managers out there. But the fact that San Francisco has him back and he's running just as good as he was before he got injured again, um, man, San Francisco is going to be a tough, tough out here. Defensively, they're playing some of their best defense here. They almost remind me a lot of their Super Bowl run here. And I think that San Francisco really has a legit, legit chance to get there. We'll talk about them here in just moments. And lastly here, uh, the Seattle Seahawks winning 19 to 16 here. They essentially won and uh, got in because Detroit won later on here, which we led the show with. Seattle finishing at nine and eight here. Uh, we talked about Geno Smith here. We talked about his uh, comeback player of the year. But how about Kenneth Walker the third here? 29 rushes, 114 yards here. You had Tyler Lockett here, uh, you know, fourth consecutive 1,000-yard uh, receiving season for him and a touchdown here. Uh, DK Metcalf had a pretty good day as well. And, I mean, hey, Coach Carroll keeping it together, keeping these guys believing they get the win. They're in the playoffs here and not a team that honestly, I think that you want to play here on the other side of the ball here. Uh, Cam Akers, uh, three consecutive games, 100 yards rushing here. That hasn't been done since I think Todd Gurley had done it four consecutive games here. So that speaks wonders here, uh, you know, because the drop in production from the running back play, I think, is one of the things that really uh, it hurts the Rams, especially with the way that they call plays. They do a lot of play action and things like that. So that's definitely a tough one. And I just think that at the end of the day here, um, you're looking at a situation here where, you know, I think that the Rams are going to be fine once they get all the injured players back here. Uh, there is a report here that Coach McVay may not be back here. Um, I definitely think that that would hurt the Rams for sure if he's not. Um, would be very disappointed if he's not too as well. I mean, it's just, excuse me, one down year here. And I think that it would be unfair, I think, if the team parted ways with him. Um, I think that this is a situation maybe that if Sean McVay wants to step away, certainly understandable, um, you know, because there was talk that he might do that 
last year, but you know, I think that Sean McVay is the head coach for this team here. I think that you're going to see a much better effort here once they get everybody back that uh, was injured here. So I think that they have a, a, a bright future here. So now we shift focus here on the show and we look at the playoff format here quickly here. So looking at the NFC East here, you have the Eagles who are number one here. So they get the bye. You have San Francisco versus the Seattle Seahawks here. You have Minnesota versus the Giants here and you have Tampa Bay versus Dallas here. And so, you know, moving forward here, uh, you know, certainly my early predictions here is I like uh, Tampa Bay to win against Dallas here. I think that that's going to be a tough game to win against the GOAT here. Minnesota against the Giants, I think that that's going to be a tight football game here. I think that that's really going to come down to the fact of can the Giants stop the lethal passing attack of uh, Kirk Cousins and you have Justin Jefferson, which was arguably probably the best receiver, I think, in the league here. Seattle and San Francisco, I think that that is going to be an absolute street fight out there. Um, I think that that's going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be a low scoring one. If you remember, I think that that came down to a last possession on a Thursday night game. Um, it is in San Francisco here. Um, and, you know, the postseason, anything can happen here. On the other side of the ball, you have the Kansas City Chiefs here. They're in the number one seed in the AFC here. Uh, the super wild card here will start with the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins here. The key here is will Tua play? If Tua does play, I think that they have a legit chance to knock off the Bills uh, on the road here. But if he does not play, I saw the stat here saying that they have a 22% chance to win that football game here. I agree with that. They need Tua here. They need Tua to get the ball to Tariq Hill and Jalen Waddle and all those dynamic wide receivers here. If he's not there, it's going to be tough sleddings, I think, for Miami. Next up, Cincinnati and Baltimore here. Early bet here, I got Cincinnati. Cincinnati's starting to look a lot like they did when they uh, got to the Super Bowl here. I like them against Baltimore here, even with Lamar Jackson coming back here. Would be the upset of the day if Baltimore can pull it off here. Um, but that's my early predictions here. I think we'll be talking a little bit more about the playoffs here next week um, before the Super Wild Card there on Saturday. Next up here, we have Jacksonville against the Los Angeles Chargers here. I would say that statistically, when you look at this, this is a 50-50 chance for either team to win. I think that this might be one of the most exciting games of the Wild Card weekend here. I think that you're looking at a game that is going to come down to the final possession here. I think you're looking at two teams that are equally matched here. And to be honest with you, it is going to be the team that does not make the mistake at the end. That is the one thing that I think has cost the Jacksonville Jaguars during the season is they make timely mistakes. And so do the Chargers, whether it's clock management, costly turnovers, penalties, whatever it is. It's going to be the one team that makes that play that it could cost them here. So, um, you know, I would say that at the end of the day here, that's what you're looking for is who is going to make that mistake here towards the end. So, um, all right. And so with that being said, you know, that really is today's show here. We just mapped out here, um, you know, basically the playoffs. We talked about the ending here of the season here. And so with that being said, I just want to go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform here. I want to thank the fans out there from chiming in on a week to week basis here. 
And I, I just want to thank the sponsors out there who have put sponsorship on the show here. And lastly, guys, make sure you go ahead and check out the um, college football championship here. Take it off Monday. Um, personally, I have Georgia in this one here. Uh, I'm not too shocked that TCU is in this one, but I think that Georgia will make enough plays here. And so I got Georgia to win the national championship here. So with that being said, guys, that is today's show. This is Rico with Real Talk Sports. I'll see you next week.